Well, we've had a couple of requests for that track. So Flora in Brixton SMSed us for it and uh, Gail Baker WhatsApped us. And then we also got Jen as well in KwaZulu-Natal. All of you asking for Helen Reddy's um, Woman. So taking us way back in time, but nevertheless, uh, that's your big fat juicy choice. Don't forget, uh, you're welcome to send in your choices as we move along. Nevertheless, it's time for us to go into word domination. And uh, we're going across to a UK author today. She was well known or is well known for her thriller, The Girl on the Train. The book was written and then, of course, became a film. Now, Paula Hawkins is back with another convoluted and complex thriller called A Slow Fire Burning. What is it about? Well, a young man is killed on a houseboat on a canal in London. And I need go no further, except to say that as one reviewer described the novel, it's like an onion, and I thought that was a perfect description. How many of the characters and the possible murders, not just one, are linked, be it by chance or familial, means, of course, that there's a plethora of possible killers. Some seem to have reason, for others there's no rhyme in the reason, and like a twisting onion, the plot turns in on itself and takes us back to a series of secondary plots, that of sexual assault and murder, brutal car accidents, deaths of a variety of natures, both human and animal. So that all the characters live uh, within a few kilometers distance from one another means that the plot is not just like an onion, but rather like a very tight, tangled ball of wool. And only in the reading of it does one get to the beginning and then even the end all at once. Now, I'm always intrigued with thrillers and I always want to know how one builds a plot. Do you start at the end with the murderer or do you begin at the beginning with the murder. On the line, we have the author of A Slow Fire Burning, Paula Hawkins. Paula, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, good morning. Paula, let's crack into that question. Is Does one start in building a plot with the end, which is, of course, the murderer, or the beginning, which is, of course, the murder? Oh, I mean, it's, I don't think it's the same for every book. Um, I always start out with a character um, and build around that. I mean, in terms of the plot, I... I think I knew, I knew the murder, and but but very quickly I also knew who the murderer was then. But I think that the, the when you build a plot like this, you have to allow for lots of possibilities in your head because you know that the reader has to think of different lots of different possibilities. So you almost have to write a story where 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 it, you could change it, where where you might change the ending. Um, but as I say, I start with the character. I started with this young woman, Laura, who, as you mentioned, has been in an accident. She's got a very difficult life. Um, she lives this chaotic existence, and then she finds herself on a houseboat, blood on her hands, and, a, and, and there's a dead body there. And, and, we, and I went from there. You know, Paula, um, you mentioned the character Laura, and uh, there are a diversity of other characters in this novel which, if one had to think of it visually, starts to make it look a bit like an, an ecosystem or a spider's web where everybody is linked. I mean, one could almost put a whole load of pins in the wall and then <laughs> take thread and just move it across and join everybody as you do. But perhaps one of the striking things about all of these characters is that not many of them are that likable or, or even to some degree innocent. I mean... There, there seems to be an interest in the flawed character of humanity in this book. 
Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm sort of of the opinion that everyone is flawed. Um, we are seeing these characters. I mean, I always love my characters, um, I, <laughs> even the ones who behave terribly. Um, I, they, they tend to be people who are in extreme situations, who are suffering through things, so they may not be behaving at their best at the point at which we meet them. But what I like to do, what I'm interested in is sort of origin stories. So I like to meet a character and make form a judgment about them. And then then you find out what led them to this point, what brought them to the point that they're behaving like this. And I think that's how you start to understand someone and how you start to feel for them. And that's what, such a big part of what fiction is about, is it's helping us to walk in the shoes of others and understand why people are the way they are. And then perhaps, yes, nobody is innocent. I think almost everyone in, in this book is guilty of some sort of crime. But we do start to to wonder, well, what is appropriate? You know, how would I behave if I was in that situation? Would I, would I go that far? Would I go further? What would I sacrifice if I was that person? I'm interested when you talk about the origin of a character. I mean, it, it's, it's almost like the provenance of an artwork in many ways. And I, I think that that's, there's something quite powerful about that conceptually if we think about the world and we think about the people around us. It, it certainly does then drive a level of empathy. Yes, absolutely. That's, I mean, as I say, I think that's what fiction's about. It's about starting to understand people who aren't like you or who live differently mm. from you, who live in a completely different country from you, um, which is why it's such a great thing to read widely and read all, read all sorts of different stories because you start to, to, to understand the world from, and from a different perspective. You know, in the book, there's, it, I don't want to say a secondary plot, but uh, because it does uh, line its way quite strongly through it, which is, as I mentioned earlier, it's a secondary plot of sexual assault. And I have to say, the brutality of it, to be honest, um, which is thread throughout the novel, um, made me feel extremely uncomfortable. And it almost felt like, if one had to think of it in oral terms, it felt like a very high-pitched sound effect backing the um the rest of the story if that makes any sense talk to us a little bit about that particular narrative but also that particular style of of, of working in a in, in a thriller i mean i should say that you there's there's, there's nothing ex- explicit about the, the that that part of the storyline it, no. it's we hear that something has happened and we can deduce from yes. what we're told what went on um, and that that sort of came to me that idea um, when I was I was it was something I read in the newspaper about somebody who had a, a, a close encounter with a serial killer and she got away. But um, what I started thinking about that was what does that do to you to know how close you came mm, to something so terrible? And that's where really what I was exploring in this book is what that happened, what became of that woman mm. who'd had a, a, a near miss. And what I found when I was thinking about it was what she suffered from almost more than anything was guilt um, mm. because of, I mean, I won't go into all the details because I don't want to spoil the story, but yeah. there was, it was the way that she behaved was actually the, the thing that stayed with her. Um, so it's, yes, it's another, it's, it is again that, 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 that origin story thing that I was talking about, that this is, you, you meet this character, Miriam, and you might not like her at all, but you then you have to find out what shaped her and why she behaves like yeah. this, and and wonder, well, like, what would what would anyone be like when they if they had suffered something so terrible? You know, it's interesting what you say with regards to the um, the the fact that you say it's it's 
I mean, I say the brutality of, of what is a sexual assault. And yet, as you say, it's never explicit in any kind of a way, which then, of course, addresses the idea of a thriller, a murder thriller, whatever, complex thriller of any sort, and the imagination as you read. Because I'm reading it as this incredibly brutal experience. But as you say, you're quite right. It's never explicit, actually, at all, which then makes you think, wow, the power of the imagination in that process. Well, I think, I mean, I think you're right, because I always find that the, if you leave things unsaid in the way they, were, they are more terrifying, because what, what we can imagine mm. is, is almost, always darker, I think, than what you would, what you would reasonably put down on a page. Mm. But it also gives space for the reader to almost, it feels like they're participating in the book. I do, I like books that are like that, that don't tell you every single thing, that allow the reader to, some space for them to wonder, to imagine, um, and so, yes, I suppose it, it is, it's as terrible as, as your as imagination you make will it. make it. As yeah. med- your imagination will make it, which may depend on, on who you are and what you've lived in your life, what you've seen. or yeah. what. So, it, yeah, it does become dependent on, who, yes, you, you, you as a reader as well. Paula, in closing, The Girl on the Train, of course, was highly successful as a novel and then a film. And I'm, I mean, one, one hopes always, I suppose, I don't know if one does, actually. Let me not uh, put that in your mouth. But that, that your book would then go the same way again uh, and that someone would make a film of it. And I wondered if, um, with that in mind, if when you write the book, if you have people in mind that you imagine could play the part. I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but... <laughs> I never, I never fantasy cast my books. Don't you? Um, I, I don't really think about people in that very um, sort of physical way. I think about yeah. sort of how they are and perhaps how they move, but I don't. I mean, I couldn't draw you a picture of them. And I think in, I think in both in you know in all of my books, all sorts of people could play these characters. Um, you know, anyone could inhabit them. And a, and a film or a television program is always a, somebody else's interpretation of your book anyway, unless you're making the whole thing yourself. So, it, you know, it, I think I think that's a, one of the fun things as a writer to sit back and let somebody else see what somebody else does with it and see what they create of it, because. For example, I probably would never have come up with Emily Blunt as Rachel, yeah. and yet, um, and the girl on the train, and yet she was the most wonderful Rachel. I absolutely, I, she absolutely nailed that part. So, just goes to show. Isn't that funny though that you say I would never ever draw uh, that character, and yet you've written these characters so clearly. I mean, they are absolutely <laughs> visible. They are absolutely real, flesh and blood, and you've, uh, I mean, down to uh, Theo's. Uh, slightly paunchy stomach. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose yes. I I I draw a picture in a different way. Obviously, I draw it with words, but they don't sort of appear to me in my mind in that very sort of visual way. Yeah, Paula, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a great read. It was a very easy read, actually, and uh, I'm always uh, delighted when that's the case. And I suppose <laughs> thrillers are easier reads than many because you just want to figure out who did it and get to the end as quickly as possible. So thank you very much. Thank you. Paula Hawkins, she's the author of A Slow Fire Burning. You'll remember her from The Girl on the Train and uh, other books as well, but she's back, as I say, with another complex thriller to entertain you. Maybe you just feel like, I need to just be taken away from where I am right now. This is the perfect book for that.